You are listening to Crosstalk. A safe place to discuss addiction, recovery, harm reduction, and everything in between. Support for this podcast comes from the Kentucky Opioid Response Effort and Advocates of Recovery. Content and production by the team at Turning Point Recovery Community Center. Now, buckle up and get ready for the show. Welcome everyone to Crosstalk Recovery, the recovery podcast that supports all forms of recovery. I'm Matt Lewis, and I'm here with Michelle Fonda and Brett Hamilton. Brett, welcome. Um, I found out about Brett a few months back when my dad gave me uh, an article they'd written about him, and I was really uh, impressed about what he'd overcome and what he was trying to do. So I invited him on here, and he was gracious enough to accept my invitation. Um, Brett, Welcome, man. Uh, tell us a little bit about your journey uh, in through addiction, into recovery, and moving forward from there, man. Yeah, absolutely. Brandon, man, I really appreciate you reaching out to me, dude. Uh, it means a lot. I'm grateful for this opportunity. Uh, I love the opportunity to be able to share my story, uh, what God's done for me in recovery, what recovery's done yes. for me, yeah. and then what I've uh what a mission I've started since then. So a little bit about my story, man. Uh, I was a mother's boy who self-seeked my father's attention. Um, you know, I was a kid that had daddy issues. Uh, you know, my dad was affiliated with other people and other things. And I always self-seeked him all the time, uh, for personal, for personal closure as a child, you know, um, I was, some say I was spoiled. I was fortunate. You know, I, I had a lot of things, I didn't know the essence of the darkness that my dad was doing to get things like that uh, affiliated for us, you know, uh, to obtain things. Um, You know, my behaviors that I exhibited at a really young age was, you know, you know, the basic child stuff, you know, manipulation, justification, the act, the disobedience. Right. Not because I liked being in trouble, because I knew that when the insanity. Right. I knew when I got home, my dad was going to yell at me and that was going to be my attention that I self seek to get right. And it wasn't the attention that I wanted by all means. The insanity was like, it's not the attention that I wanted, but it's, I mean, it's what I had to get, uh, fast forward. All right. Into, um, I was the person that drank and drugged successfully with pinky out. You know what I mean? Like I, there was a time where drinking and drugging was fun. I was the gentleman that showed up pinky out, smoking the marijuana, right. Taking the shot of whiskey, drinking the beers with pinky up. Like I, I was, the, I was the cool young guy. Uh, so I, so I had thought, right. Um, unfortunately, um, I crossed that line. They say there's a line. Unfortunately, I crossed it. So uh, in 2009, I'll jump into where it all spiraled out. 2009, my best friend and a buddy of ours was in a fatal car accident. I was the passenger. My best friend was driving, and my buddy was in the back seat. Um, I'll never forget it. It was August 28th, 2009 was the day we hung out. We left my mom and dad's uh, condo on August 29th, 2009 at like um, three o'clock in the morning. And what happened was um, we were drinking and and drugging, of course, so typical teenage stuff. And we flipped a 2005 Boss Mustang on State Road 62 going towards Madison, uh, Madison and Hanover. In Indiana, and uh, 
they both died. I was the only one that made it. Long story short. So um, I was induced into a coma for, I think it was like, it was a couple of weeks, almost a month, close to a month. Um, I suffered, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of things from that car wreck, you know, uh, I had a tracheotomy done. I had two chest tubes, a brain tube, feeding tube. I had all these tubes done to me. I was in the hospital for quite a bit, only to find out that they died. I was the only one that made it. So that long story short, that's what happened, right? But what really struck me was that these doctors, now granted, listen, I love doctors. Thank God for doctors. Thank God for nurses that go the extra distance. But these doctors told me that, you know, I was going to suffer from PTSD. I was going to suffer from uh, pain and all those things like that. So, of course, you know, I did what anybody did, and I I loaded up on all the prescriptions that I could possibly get my hands on. And, you know, I was different. That, That made me different from everybody else out there, right? Because, see, I was getting mine prescribed. So I thought, right, I wasn't no different than nobody, right? I was still trying to cover up things that I was dealing with on the inside of me uh, that I couldn't deal with. So, you know, long story short, you know, when those pills didn't work, I went back to the doctor and I was like, look, man, these just ain't working. And just like any good doctor, well, we'll try these. So we'll up the dose, we'll up the quantity. I did what just anybody else normally did. Right. Um, yeah, I think a lot of us can that same experience. You know, that's how I got started into opiates, too, was I had knee surgery. You know, lower tabs were prescribed. I fell in love with them, and then it was, so began the long journey. You know, those weren't good enough, started selling them. You know, a lot of people have that exact same story. Maybe not as tragic of a path to get there as yours was, but, you know, um, it's sad that that's how it began. And luckily, they're trying to curb that now. Yeah, yeah it, it actually got worse, man. Like that, that was just the start of it, right? Because yeah. here I am trying to do prescription medicines like a gentleman, and it didn't work. You know what I mean? Like it, it didn't work. So long story short, man, I started trading. Uh, you know, I started needing more cash, stopped going to work. You know, I was like, well, you know what? I've got so many of these. I'll just part with these, right? Just like you said, normal people stories. And then, you know, my mom passed away in 2015, Um, so that was a heartbreak for me because I was locked up in a detention center in Bullock County. Uh, and it was one of those weird things, man. I'll never forget it. My, the the guard came and was like, Captain Burt, the captain wants to talk to you. And I was like, dude, get out of here with this. I'm not telling on nobody. You know what I mean? (laughs) I I had no idea what the captain wanted to talk to me for. I get long story short, man. I get up to the front. They put me in a room with a phone. They asked me, can they give me a Mountain Dew, a Sprite? And I'm like, well, look, I'm not telling on nobody. I don't know what's going on, but I I don't want no part of this. And he handed me an envelope with two phone numbers on it. I recognized the phone numbers. So I was like, okay. So I went in the room, they closed the door. Uh, I called the number. It was my uncle Craig. I'll never forget it. He was like, the first words was, Hey man, you know that I love you. Right. And I was like, yeah, I love you too, dude. What's up? And he's like, here's your dad. Look, I've, I've seen my dad cry maybe like three times my entire life. And he was bawling on the phone. And I was like, my dad don't talk on jail phones. So I was like, what's going on? And he was like, your mom died, dude. It broke me. Uh, it broke me 2015. She died at 48 years old. That's young, you know, 48 young. So he was like, yeah, your Aunt Sherry's on her way down there to bail you out of jail, you know, funerals tomorrow, whoop-de-woo. So by this point, I've done developed a habit for heroin and meth, 
you know, that's where that's where my pill money, that's what's going on with my prescription medicine. I'm trading it now for street drugs, right? Right. Um, and so now, I, and I went, I, I was an IV user. You know, I, I tell people I'm transparent about it. Look, I started, once I started seeing how it affected other people, there was no way I was going to do it any other way. I was either going to go to the top or I was going to, you know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. all or nothing. So my mom passed away in 2015. Uh, in 2017, it got worse, man. My addiction had spiraled out of control. I'm no longer employed. I am a straight dope fiend junkie. Um, and, and I've got a reason to use. So I thought, right, well, you know, my friends died. My, my mom just passed away in 2017. My dad's two brothers died. My grandmother passes away and my sister dies in 2017. It was like a ripple effect, bro. And I was like, that, you know, God just, God doesn't care about me. You know, like if he cared about me, he wouldn't take all these people away. But I didn't understand then what, what I understand now. Right. We'll be right back. Did you know that recovery from substance use disorder and mental health go hand in hand? That is why the caring and compassionate mental health professionals at Four Rivers Behavioral Health in Paducah are here to help you find your balance. They are proud of you for making the changes necessary to live a healthier life and would love to see you reach your full potential. Give them a call at 270-442-7121 or stop by the downtown location at 425 Broadway in Paducah, Kentucky. Hey y'all, did you know it's illegal to own just one guinea pig in Switzerland because they get lonely? Here at Turning Point, we don't want you to ever be lonely either. That's why we are open seven days a week from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Always feel free to come hang with our friendly staff and don't forget your guinea pig. We're located at 415 Broadway Street, downtown Paducah. So my gel stays continue to get uh, longer. They continue to progress, you know. It's a disease of a progressive illness, you know. It gets worse, never better. Right? We understand that in recovery. It gets worse, never better. Now, I didn't understand it at first. See, I got thrown in the rooms in, in 2016, and just like anybody else, I, I was there to get a meeting sheet signed, and, and I had reservations, you know, like I'm different from you all. But something hit, man. 2020 came. I was doing another state sentence, and uh, my dad passed away. Because, see, when my mom died, me and my dad got close. I finally developed a bond with my dad that I'd self-seeked my whole life. The problem was, was my, my dad, I can't diagnose anybody, but he drank and he smoked and he did drugs every day. He didn't have no days off. He had no days off. He ripped and he ran. And, you know, uh, I guess you could say he was a functioning one because like, I never seen him not pay bills. I never seen him not do things, you know? So, um, but when he died in 2020 and I was locked up, reality set in that, like, holy cow, the man, my mom, my sister, and dad, like, they're all gone. You know what I mean? Like, they're all gone. And whenever I got out, man, I like to say that I instantly got my life together, right? I, I, I went on another run when I was released. I finished my state sentence, uh, and I went on a run, man, that literally about killed me, Um and I had a friend that had I'd been in the madness with, right? And he had gotten sober. I hadn't seen him in about 13, 14 months. But he reached out to me. I'll never forget it. My, my buddy David, he reached out to me and he said, I'll never forget these words. 
I, I'm li- I literally just overdosed like two hours before the phone call. And I answer the phone call. I get out of the hospital, and he's like, "Hey, man, your dad just passed away. I, I, I've been a really bad friend, not you know, being there. Are you ready to change your life?" I'll never forget those words. And like the joy in his voice, right, was so like, "Oh, dude!" Like it just it melted me. I was like, "What do I got to do?" I was like, "I'm not going to treatment." He was like, "I don't want you to go to treatment." He's like, "Come to my house, detox." Man, I just, I just want, I don't want you to be on the streets. I don't want to lose you. And uh, he came and picked me up. He lived in Bowling Green, and I was in Louisville. So we were, we were on two different parts of the maps. He twelve stepped me, man. He took me to his house. He put me on a 1975 love seat. But I was blown away by this. I was like, dude, my friend's got a nice rental house. He's got some vehicles. He's working two jobs. I was like, either David's getting high undercover or he's really, really sober and come to find out he was really, really sober. Um, that was the worst detox. Now I've detoxed just like anybody else in a jail. But, like, when you're done and you're detoxing, it's absolutely brutal. I mean, it was terrible. I was coming off alcohol, meth, heroin, suboxone, Xanax. By this point, I was doing what you name it, I was doing it. You know, uh, I didn't care anymore, just like most people. When, when, when they're on their verge of going out of here or getting sober, you're doing the most. Um, well, about 13 days of being in his house, I've done started feeling better. The detox has gotten better. And, and he's like, look, man, if you're going to stay here, I don't want you to pay no rent, but you do got to get, you do have to have a job. And I was like, bro, I can't work. I'll, I'll take my first check and I'll jet up out of Bowling Green. And, and he was like, well, what are you going to do? He had took me around all these people the previous day and they all was talking about God and how they went to treatment and worked the 12 steps. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I've missed something. I was like, man, I think I need to go to treatment. So let me jump in the solution. So he's like, he's all for it. He's like, where do you want to go? And I was like, I need to go away from like everybody. So I go to the Campbellsville Healing Place in Kentucky, Taylor County. Um, and I'd like to tell you, man, when I got there, I was, I was, I was, I dove straight in, but I didn't. If I'm being honest and I'm being rigorously honest, I was there to get a little bit closer to Louisville. Uh, I did want to quit, but I was there to get a little bit closer to Louisville. And on day 63, I had my first spiritual experience at the healing place. Man, I'll never forget this. So I woke up late. I went down to the breakfast line, got my tray, and I hit my shoulder on the door. My 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 food went everywhere, and I went the other way. And looking back, it, it's so funny. Everybody laughed, but I was so mad that morning when it happened. <laughs> my buddy comes over. He's like, are you okay? I was like, I'm leaving. <laughs> he's like, it's 730 in the morning. You're not going nowhere. I was like, I'm going back to Louisville. So I go upstairs, and it's really funny. If y'all have ever been in treatment, you know what I'm about to say. Like, I'm starting to pack my stuff, and I've done accumulate it more than I came with so I'm like I'm not about to walk all the way to Louisville from Taylor County with all this stuff I'm gonna call the dope man so I go downstairs and I lie to staff I'm like hey can I can I use the phone I gotta call my sponsor and she's like are you having a bad day and I was like you have no idea so I go into the sponsor room phone and and I start blowing him up you know how we are you know I'm blowing the dope man up at eight o'clock in the morning and back to back to back on a sponsor phone (laughs) just for him to answer aggressively like they always do. He's like, hello. And I'm like, hey, look, it's whoop-de-whoop-de-woo. You know, I'm like, I need to come back to Louisville. Can you put me on? He's like, call me back at 12. He hangs up on me, and I'm like, 
what am I supposed to do until then? I'm not about to leave the healing place with all this stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, cause you know, by this point I'm, d- I'm done a couple months sober, you know, like, so I'm, I'm, I've, I've got a little bit of my mentality back, not a whole lot, but I'm starting to be like, you know what, this is a big hike. So I started really trusting the process, man. And, uh, <laughs> I call him back at 1230. Look, I got chills thinking about this, dude. And he answers on the first ring. And I'm like, what's up, man? And he's like, hey, man, I don't know what you're going through. But when you can, I sent $40 to Walmart. Here's the number. I wrote it down. And he was like, you're a good dude, man. Keep yourself in treatment. And he hung up on me. And I was just like this. What just happened? What happened? I got off the phone. I was baffled, man. I was, I, I was literally baffled. And I was like, that was literally God doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. Yeah. I'll never forget walking out of the room and there's this old timer. He's got like 42 years sobriety. His name's Mike Kiger. He's in Campbellsville. He travels quite a bit, a few places, but, uh, he came walking down the hallway and he was like, Brett, what's wrong? And I didn't like this old man at all. We got a great relationship now, but I finally start to tell him what's going on with me. Well, Mike wears these glasses. So he pushes these glasses up and he folds his arms. He starts looking at me and he's like, you know what your problem is? And I was like, dude, this dude's going to give me a gym in recovery. Like he's going to give me a diamond. He's like, you ain't got God in your life. He punches me in my arm and he keeps walking. Oh, it infuriated me so bad. I was like, who does this old man think he is telling me I don't have God in my life? But he was right. The thing was is that he was right. I'm in 3 o'clock class, and my best friend, he's 72 years old. He was do, he, he was doing class. Yeah, I said it, 72 years old. He was talking out of we agnostics. I have no idea what he was talking about. But I remember looking at the steps and being like, why can't I get this? Like, what what am I missing? And, like, he did this little shift during class, and it caught my attention. And he said, if you miss the spiritual part of the program, you miss the whole program. And it was like fireworks in my brain. Like, literally, you'd have thought the thunder over Louisville just happened inside of this noggin. I was like, oh, my gosh, I just got to get spiritual with God. Well, I finally hit I hit the book, and I, I, I me and my sponsor, we dove into it, man. And I, I've stayed sober. I've stayed sober um, just for today. Five eleven twenty. This is my sobriety day. Um, completely abstinent, man, from any mind or mood altering substances. Uh, no, no, no substituting one for the other. I don't. Uh, I don't take it. I mean, my biggest cocktail of these days is a, a sinus pill. Uh, and ibuprofen and every now and then some Flonase up the nose, you know, if the allergies are too bad. That's my biggest cocktail these days. Uh, and, I, and, and I'm blessed, you know, I'm blessed. Uh, I, I got to, I got, I got downloaded a vision by God, man. Um, so I, I moved out of the healing place and I moved into sober living. I was like, well, why not try this sober thing? Like, let, let's, let's take all my sponsors suggestions. So uh, that's what I did, man. I moved into sober living. I got a job. Wasn't the best job, um, but I was grateful for that first job that I got out of treatment, man, because I hadn't worked and I, I couldn't tell you. Seriously, it had been like four or five years since I'd for real worked. I'd say, let's go with five. It had been about five years since I truly worked a job with all of my heart. 
and, and I did, and I got humbled, man. I learned the essence of the dollar. And I'm not talking about George Washington. I'm talking about four quarters, ten dimes, 20 nickels, 100 pennies. I learned the essence of the dollar and how to stretch it and because I'd never done it before. Right, I, I didn't have a driver's license. I had three DUIs and two driving on suspendeds. I was not driving on the road for five years, um, but I knew I was getting close to being able to get all that stuff back. So I dove into it, man. And, and in sober living, I got a vision from God, and I just seen, I seen everybody uh, sober together, and it was like this like event thing. It was like a vision, like a dream, man. And, and I remember it said recovery united and I was like, okay. So I started doing some research, some homework and I built a team and I got an attorney and I got a certified public accountant. We, we got to work and, and recovery united formed as a tax deductible 5013C nonprofit. And it's growing. It's been, I've had that thing for a year uh, it is my baby. We do all kinds of things. I know that you said you wanted me to touch on that. So yeah, for sure. We want to know all about that. Um, yeah, Recover United. Uh, at first, it was a free liaison service. So what had happened was people were calling me. Let me rephrase that. Parents and grandparents were calling me that I knew, hey, you know, so-and-so is not doing good. I know you can help them. And I'm thinking like, golly, I can barely help myself. What makes you think I can help them? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm barely having a hard enough time keeping Brett sober. But the fact that they reached out to me meant something to me, right? Because yes. Bill writes Bill writes in the textbook of Alcoholics Anonymous that nothing ensures immunity than intense work with other alcoholics. And right. It works when all other activities fail. So I was like, all right, well, here's the deal. Let me meet them. And at this point, I done became a peer support specialist, and I had done start working in treatment. So I'd started – I'd made a beginning, right? I made a, I made some connections, and we got a few people in treatment, and these people were donating money for my time, and I wouldn't take it, but, like, they were, like, so – you know how people are sometimes. Like, please, you know, or give it to charity. So I was like, you know what? why not become a tax deductible and we can do this both ways, but it didn't stop there. So then we started a clothing closet. We'll be right back. Hello, everybody. You want to know something? My biggest issue with meetings is despite their name, they're never about me here at turning point. All of our meetings are for you and about you. We have meetings at least three times a day, seven days a week. We are located at 415 Broadway, Paducah, Kentucky. Call 270-444-3621 for more information. As a woman in recovery, I know how important having a fellowship of women has been for me. Come join us at the Women of Worth All Recovery Support Group here at Turning Point, 415 Broadway, Paducah, Kentucky, every Friday night at 6 p.m., where we discuss our personal experiences in recovery. Hope to see you there. Um, so Chuck Brothers, and I, and I would love to do this again with one of my directors, Chuck Brothers, the third. He's out of New Haven. Uh, he, he has a thing called Chuck Brothers Loud and Proud. Well, he joined with me in Recovery United. He's one of my directors. Um, 
on this, and he is amazing. I, I, I couldn't do this without Chuck and everybody else that's involved. Um, so we have this huge place here. We've got kids' clothes, baby clothes, women's clothes, men's clothes. Like we are flooded with donations. The soon, I mean, as soon as we get rid of these clothes, it fills right back up. I mean, in a, in a matter of time, like we can't give enough clothes away. And I mean, I mean, let's just face it. When you get donations, it is what it is, right? I mean, we don't, it, it's hard to sort through all that, yeah. but that was another thing we did. One of the biggest things that recovery United has done is we've started hosting recovery events. Something I have found as a peer support and soon to be um, a, a TCADC, I've learned that, the common fear is people don't know how to enjoy life in sobriety, right? Yeah, Without having absolutely. something in one of their hands, you know, or run into the bathroom to sneak off. So why not host recovery events? So that's what we started doing, man. And they are blowing up when we do them. Like they're, they're huge. And the cool thing about them is, is, They're growing. So, like, we just did the fifth annual Hope Shot this year at Green River Lake. We did the second annual Breath of Life and the second annual Sobertober. We're only at three events. And then we hosted an Attitude of Gratitude project. So we we partnered up with the Haven Clubhouse in Taylor County. It's an AANA clubhouse, right? They're, it's a normal uh, place where people go and have their outside meetings or home groups and all that stuff. We partnered with them. We wanted to raise money for them. So we went out and cleaned up the streets of Taylor County, right? The the Taylor County donated $750 to us, and we gave it to the Havens Clubhouse, right? So it was really cool because you had a bunch of addicts and alcoholics out there picking up trash in the neighborhood, picking up alcohol bottles and rigs off the road, you know, and we had burgers donated to us, uh, we played games, dominoes, and we had round robin meetings. We had three speakers come out and share their their story. Uh, we we had shirts made. We did raffles. We gave gift cards away. I mean, it, it was just fun, right? And then the fifth annual Hope Shot, dude. We we rent a pavilion out at Green River Lake, and uh, we rent some pontoons. We have a big long grill, and we just have a we have like a party out of a sobriety party out at the lake. Uh, this year, we gave away three cornhole boards, brand new cornhole boards. Uh, we raffled them off. Um, we, we so we raise all this money, and you're like, "What do people do with the money?" Well, we donate it back. We we sew it back into other places, other treatment centers, um, other expenses. As far as like you know, uh, somebody that may need a ride to treatment. You know, yeah. well. We want to make sure that we got the gas or, or they got the gas to get there. If I can't take them, I got to pay somebody else to get there, you know, and pick them up, get them to treatment. And we're growing, man. Like this, this is really growing. Um, we're, we're putting together and I, and you all are the first to get this information. We are building uh, sober living buildings right now in New Haven. So That's where awesome. our clothing closet is, man, we're going to, we're opening up sober living rooms. The walls are going up. The two by fours are getting nailed. Uh, it's growing, man. Uh, and that—that's another thing that I wanted to talk about. I'd love to do this again 
and bring Chuck Brothers along because yeah, he's the one that. getting that going, man. And and we we want to be able to help people because what happens when people get out of treatment and they go back to the familiar, right? Yeah. And, and or or they don't have the pocket, they don't have the money. So we'll be able to provide a pocket for them and assist them with transportation to get to the job, to get to the court. To we, we want we want to be the, those hands and feet. Uh, of God, right? Because God loves his children, but I tell people this all the time, especially sponsees that I work with, like don't pray for God to get you out of a hole. And then whenever you wake up with a shovel in your hand, be like, well, he didn't answer my prayer. Well, you better start building you some steps with that shovel. (laughs) Uh, Because everything requires work. And the, the whole thing with recovery United is, is their strength in numbers, Right. So I don't want Abigail or Todd or Brian or, you know, those hypothetical names, right, to feel that they are not alone, like, or that that all they have is nobody in recovery. We all need each other, right? I need you to stay sober and vice versa. You know, like, we need each other. So we're growing. The Facebook page has been up for about a year, and it's struggling. Um, I, I don't have a lot of time. Whenever I made it, I had time, and now that this thing's growing, I need more hands. So, you know, any tech wizards, people that care to scroll uh, past that word on, man, that we need people. Uh, it would be a service job, so like it's a service job. You could actually use it on your reference and stuff like that because we are a, a five hundred one three tax deductible nonprofit. So you could use it as a job. You wouldn't be getting paid for it. Although when this thing does take off, your your um, experience won't go unnoticed. You know what I mean. So spread that word out. We're always needing okay. help uh, managing the Facebook page. I'm open to ideas. Uh, most of the time, I'll just let you run with it. I mean, you think it's a good idea? Let's roll with it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we just want to help people, and and it's really a good marketing tool uh, that we use. I mean, everybody in the world is on Facebook, so. Yeah. You know, I appreciate this opportunity that you've given me tonight, man, to, to get out here and talk about my testimony, man, talk about Recovery United. I appreciate it, Brandon, for real. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I relate to a lot of what you said, man. Uh, definitely without getting in touch and having a relationship with God, I wouldn't have made it to this program or to this point um, personally. You know, coming through treatment, coming through addiction, all those things, what you're trying to do there, a lot of what you do is what we do here at Turning Point, man, trying to show people fun and recovery, outreach, getting people into treatment. Once they get out of treatment, helping them to stay sober and stay connected to positive people. Um, We do events like fun events like you do, man. I'd love to come up to one of your events next time. So I I got (laughs) to keep uh, track of that. So when it is, I'm sure there once it gets warmer again, you know. But yeah, sounds like a lot I've of fun. Got a, I got a vision, man. I'm thinking about doing this uh, trudge event. So like you hear people <laughs> yeah. all the time like, running marathons, you know. So yeah. I think you all are getting the first live of this, you know. Uh, so it's been talked about, and it's it's getting formed as we speak. And nothing is settled yet, but it's getting ready. Um, and we we're looking for more people to get involved. So I'm saying that that's why I'm saying this now it's called trudge for warp lives of blameless children. So we want to raise money for the kids that are blameless children that are in the foster homes that are in the, that cause their parents have 
either passed away from overdoses, right? Yeah. Or they are locked up or they have given their children up. And, and I understand things happen. But that's a nice piece in the textbook that gets overlooked. You know, the warp life. I, I, I was I consider myself one of those warp lives, right? Because I came from a home where drinking and drugging was the normal, right? Yeah. People were doing it with with impunity. They weren't suffering any consequences, going to jail. Uh, you know that it, it, I was. I walk in a room and I, I knew the difference in the smell from a cigarette to a left-handed cigarette. You know what I mean? Like, and I, and I was eight, nine years old. Um, and, and that'd be a cool thing. Like just everybody get together, walk, walk a little 5k trudge, you know, walk with purpose, you know, we're walking with purpose and yeah. have like a little cookout or we get something catered, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out a good location to do it at, you know, cause to walk a 5k or to, do something like that. We're going to have to have a certain area to do that in. So just, just so you know that we haven't found okay. the area and I wanted to share that with you all. Cause I'm open to ideas. Yeah, I like doing that, that idea. Yeah. Keep us informed on that and we'll try and help you promote it once you figure it out. Or, that's a great idea. Yeah, we'll do, man. And I want, and I, and, and I'd like to, I, we're going to be in touch more, man. I really appreciate the opportunity of doing this. Absolutely. Um, and in any time that we can help you all or vice versa, I, I want to be a part of that. You know, we're all about connection and making connections and things like that. So. Yeah, man, that's what I, I really try to bring about. I really push for unity in this program between the programs, between the communities. Like we have a strong recovery community here in Western Kentucky, and it's awesome that I, I know there's a big, strong community in Eastern Kentucky. And we, I like to think that we're more working together. You know, we all have the same goal, and that's trying to help people get better and find relationship with god and and better their lives and then to give back you know so i'm really proud of what you're doing man i really appreciate you coming on here and sharing your testimony and sharing a little about what you do i hope people check you out go to facebook check them out recovery united uh donate if you can and uh we'll be looking for upcoming events and ways to get connected and stay involved with each other man so i really appreciate it brett yeah i appreciate you too man stay in touch with me okay all right, man. God bless. Thanks. God bless. All right. Well, that was fun. Michelle, thanks for being on here. Uh, you know, as always, watch us on YouTube or check our audio versions out on Apple, Podbean, Google, Spotify, all of them. And uh, stay grateful. If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction or in recovery and needs guidance, Speak with Turning Point's team of peer support specialists by calling 270 You are not alone, and we are proof that recovery is possible.